Idiot podcast where we try and convince ourselves that we're using our history degrees for something constructive. <laughs> I am your host, Matt. I know. <laughs> Sorry, carry on. I am your host, Matt, and as always, with me are my co hosts. First up is Lorna. Hi. And also, Ines. Hi. I had a little pause there because I could see myself talking in my reflection over there, and I don't like it. Still look. I just won't look at myself. Keep your eyes shut. Mm. You're all cosy, wrapped up I in a blanket. You gotta keep warm in a dressing gown. It is warm in here. It relatively. is now. I've got a blanket and a dressing gown. Yeah, I've got, got a hot water, water bottle. Yeah, sorry. Yeah. I'm gonna do the report this week. Don't know why I'm doing this, <laughs> but I'm doing it. Okay. Can I ask you what you do in your report? Yes, you can. Just. I'm gonna do my report on. Oh, how do you just pronounce that name? Leif. Leif Tronstad and Norwegian Heavy Water. Okay. Do you want to have a guess? Honestly, I'm what, not. Hang on, what's the yeah. question? <laughs> what What is this about? Norwegian Heavy Water. Yeah, but what's Norwegian Heavy Water? The water that's denser than normal water. Mm, yeah, yeah, yeah. Is it like yeah. a dam or something? Mm, yeah, 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 yeah. I don't actually know. Wasn't <laughs> <Yeah>. well, either. <laughs> so basically. That's the bit I understood. What heavy water? Yeah. What you didn't understand, Leif. <laughs> Leif Tronstad is a guy. We'll get on to him. He's a guy that invented it. Mm, not quite, but basically, mm, this is a it's a big story, mm. but I'd, I'd never heard of You've it. You've got time. So I should have looked up some of these words. That's the only word I've looked up. I should have looked up more of these words, but I haven't. No, Just do right. your best. Right, Vemork is the name of a hydroelectric plant. Mm-hmm. Well, it was the name of a hydroelectric plant in Norway okay and um, scientists there discovered uh, this heavy water which is a thing in 1934 basically this bit's all very scientific have you ever heard of heavy water before do you, do you know what heavy water oh, is uh, no. so it's like it's similar to ordinary water but the hydrogen hydrogen atoms in normal H2O consist of one proton and one electron H3O is it and this one has the added weight of a neutron Oh. An isotope known as deuterium. So blah blah blah, but it's found this this isotope's normally found in regular water, but it's like one in forty one million the ratio. But there's a lot more, I think, or something, in heavy water. Basically, um the monk scientist was uh, sort of collecting all this heavy water to study it and whatnot. Um Wait, so how was he collecting it? So Vermark in this is a hydroelectric plant. So they're producing it there. Um, from the other water? From normal water. Yeah, like H2O. <laughs> the questions are coming in quick, <laughs> quick and early. Um, let me look. What does it say? <laughs> um, right, so to produce heavy water, you need a lot of water and a lot of power. And Vemok had both of these. Um, so... You just make it. How do you make it? I don't know. Well, Maybe they extract but they make it, it out of normal. They make water. it using water and power. But why, okay. why do you want it? Well, that's what I'm getting on to. <laughs> so, there's different reasons. So, maybe I'm wrong in who found it. But. <laughs> Stop! <laughs> this is all very confusing. It's a science bit. I don't understand of this. I'm a scientist. Yeah, I know you are. Go on. So, right. Nuclear fission had been discovered in 1939 as well. What what dates are we in? Right, the first one was 1934. They discovered this heavy water. 
in Norway. And they realise that they can use this nuclear fission to do one of two things. And one of them is um, create power. One of them is make a bomb. So you can either have a long-standing, like, long flow of energy with this nuclear fission, from what I understand, <laughs> or a short burst, which would be like a bomb. And... Wait, so nuclear fission was found somewhere else? It wasn't found out of Vemark? You know what? I don't know. Okay. <laughs> this is going well. But Vemark is the only place that was producing, in the world, heavy water. Right. Which was a key ingredient in the German atomic bomb research program so they're trying to make oh, an atomic okay. bomb and they need heavy water, water. Who needs I, atomic bomb I don't know how this relates to nuclear fission I don't know if you need nuclear fission Maybe that's with the heavy power. water but um, they needed heavy water to create the nuclear reactor which was the stepping stone to producing plutonium and then onto the atomic bombs blom, blom. <laughs> so it's like stepping stones um maybe they just need the nuclear fission for the bomb it's very after the heavy water bit. does it do we need to go into the science of it no but i just you're just interested i just now, looked into it. i am interested I have, I have this bit here which is explains that i feel but it's so boring i'm not <laughs> gonna mention it um do you want me to give my take on it yeah heavy water yeah right is produced using a lot of water mm-hmm. and a lot of power. You put all this, you get this heavy water, you then run it through a thing, plutonium <laughs> pops out the other side, which you can then use to power stuff or make a bomb. And that's all you need. Yeah, it's about splitting yeah. nuclei and making it unstable. History podcast. Yeah, yeah. we don't need we none don't of need that it. nonsense. You're not here for that. Anyway, <laughs> skip over it. Vemark. There you go. So they've got this heavy water, which the Germans are like, you know what we could do with this? Because it'll really help. Oh, make it was that time. Yeah, you're looking at it. Mm-hmm. 1939. It's about 100 miles west of Oslo in Norway. And it's on the well, edge. Is Vemark a place? Vemark's the place. It's oh, this plant. No, Vemark's this yeah. plant, this hydroelectric plant. Um, and it's on the edge of a, an icebound precipice on the end of this like, cliff. Um, seems a bit... And... Dangerous. Yeah. Yeah. So... The guy who created this, um, helped create this production place, was Leif <laughs> Tronstad, a Norwegian professor. Um, so he thought, and he'd, he'd thought, we can we have a lot of water and a lot of power, we can make some heavy water, and it'll help the world, we'll help make power for the world. He was 38, professor of chemistry, which isn't what we're about. Um, and then, but in 1940, the Germans invaded. Germans invaded and took... Vemork um, took over Vemork. Did they take over the whole of Norway? Yeah, um, yeah, I think so. I think in the Second World War they took over Norway, but there's still, still some freedom fighters who fought right, okay. similar to like France yeah. or yeah. wherever. Um, Tronstad fought in the Battle of Norway, which the Norwegians lost, uh, and he goes back to teaching Trondheim, wherever that is. But, secretly, he begins working underground, metaphorically, providing allies with intelligence on what the Germans are doing with uh, Vomark and the heavy water. Um, Wait, so he's still working in the lab with the Germans? Well, it says he goes back to teaching, but I think maybe they'll they'll need him, basically, to run this hydroelectric plant. Um, But he realises, you know, I need to get out of it. It's very dangerous, especially if I'm providing intel to the allies. So... He runs, well, he don't run, but he, he actually leaves his family behind. Presumably, oh. I don't know why, maybe, I don't know. I hope they didn't die. 
but it's leaving behind and goes to England. Um, and then so he's in England, and they're thinking, what we're gonna do? They're the Germ basically the British didn't know how far the Germans had got. Even though they're getting intel, they didn't know how far they they'd got in their sort of plans to create a nuclear bomb, and the Germans didn't know how far the Allies had got into creating a nuclear bomb either. So we were trying to as well. Or well, researching into it, I guess, or mm. researching, um, and apparently the Americans in early nineteen forty two wanted to just bomb Denmark and just get it over it and just like destroy this place because then we'll ruin their hydroelectric plant and the Ger- the it'll put a massive dent in the Germans' plans to build a build a bomb. But apparently the British... Oh, no, the British were also willing to do that. Oh. But apparently Tronstad was one of the ones who stood up and said, you're not going to do that because there's civilians living in the towns around this place and he is so you're good. not going to hit it and we're not having this. I love um, him. And apparently, apparently the, the main part of the plan is in the basement of this. It's like a fortress. Oh, a fortress of okay. steel and stone. So you can bomb it constantly mm-hmm. and... And you might not destroy it. So, do you have any idea what they did instead? What have they thought of doing? They know Ger- this know. this Wehrmacht plant is in the hands of German people, Nazi Germany. I've left out a bit about there was a bit about the guy who was like in charge of this and what he really wanted to do, but skip over that. Can you not just say, you know they're all researching this nuclear bomb? Mm-hmm. Okay, can they not just? Say, yeah, we know how to make a nuclear bomb. Who? Say the Allies. They could. Why don't you just say to the Germans, we know we've, we've yeah, got like one. We've done it. We're gonna yeah, use but it's, it. It's not gonna stop them from making theirs. No, they're still gonna do. do that's it gonna make it. Yeah, it's <laughs> gonna make it speed up. Okay. Yeah, the the um, and apparently Vermont is the only heavy water facility in in the world, so. Maybe they they they, they figured um, out this. Maybe they went and attacked them all. Maybe they went. Oh well, well well well. <laughs> you're onto something. So the parachutes. Norwegian saboteurs. So late cool. late. Tronstad and some Norwegian saboteurs. I presume they just came over the similar way that he did, like fleeing Norway, helping mm-hmm. England and the Allies. And they were trained by a British unit called the Special Operations Executive, the SOE. The SO. The SOE was known as the Ministry of Ungentlemanly Warfare. Um, and they were saboteurs and they dropped behind enemy lines to fight against the Nazis. So they took, um, they did guerrilla attacks against railway lines and industrial plants and that sort of thing. And the Norwegian branch of the SOE was called the Company Linge or Ling. Ling. And they were Norwegians who'd left. Uh, Norway and gone to England to be trained and it's the training I think was a bit like the special forces training we see today Um, because Mm. yeah it was like intense training so training exercise in the mountains um, basically outdoor a bit of camping tough mudder that's yeah British um, are you going to explain it? <laughs> oh, it's just like an assault course thing you can do. You get electrocuted. You do get electrocuted. I don't like that. I would never do it. No, Sony did it. And he asked me to do it, and I was like, ah, no way am I getting <laughs> in cold mud. You have to jump in like an ice pool as well, isn't there? You have to go underwater. Under, oh. under, under, um, 
Electric fence. Uh, yeah, it's a fence. Wire. It's uh, barbed wire. Water, actually, at the end of the electric. No, it's not that one. It's just barbed wire. You jump into this ice bath and you have to cr- like swim under this barbed wire, or whatever. It is. Oh my or god. Or a plant. Might just be a plant, you know. But I think just I, as a fun fact for you, go on. Soft mother was invented when the League of Ungentlemanly <laughs> Warfare. Go on. League, go on. It's not the League. It's the Ministry of Ungentlemanly Warfare. You're thinking of the yeah. League of Extraordinary Gentlemen. I'm actually thinking about fantasy football league. Oh, I am. Yeah, but anyway, um, the League of Gentlemen. Oh, is that what it's called? Um, the Ministry, Ministry of Ungentlemanly Warfare. <laughs> yeah. What is that word? Ungentlemanly. Ungentlemanly. Like yeah. um, warfare. They invented tough mother. That's not true, is it? You just no. made up and that joke dragged on for so long. It wasn't even a joke. Yeah, it's but just a lie. Yeah, it's just a lie. How cool would it be if your job description was like saboteur? Like, what's your job? Oh, just a saboteur. Pretty cool, though, isn't it? Mm. Yeah, it is actually. But you wouldn't say that to people, would you? No, you'd be like, I work in Subway. Yeah, no. I work in sales. Well, Subway <laughs> didn't exist then, so. Oh, okay. There well, you, you got us on the technicality yeah. there. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so they're basically going, they're going to sabotage uh, them orc. The orc. And Tron said, I've got a little quote of what he uh, what he said. I've not reread this since I wrote it, so I'll see what he said. He said, It was a solemn moment. Each of the saboteurs had been given a cyanide capsule. Oh. Each knew that their chances of hitting the target and escaping with their lives were, at best, even. What's this voice? What does it sound like? <laughs> Doctor Evil. You do not know. <laughs> now. Stop reading it like that. <laughs> exactly. Why it's so important. This is deep. But trust that your actions will live in history for a hundred years to come. What you do, you do for the Allies, he said. And for Norway. So they were two different quotes, I think, that I've pushed together there. But I think that's what he might have said to the people. And then, and then before, yeah, yeah. he just mentions it. Oh, it's inspirational. You know what, that first bit, I think, is just from, an, <laughs> it's from a book. <laughs> that first, I just... Is it I, his book? No. Nah, uh. Someone else's. So is that plagiarism? Yeah, probs. Um, so, apparently the Germans knew that Tronstad was in London mm-hmm. by this point. So they, what made it even more dangerous was that they knew that Denmark was in danger. Oh, okay. Because Tronstad was in London and was, was doing, giving the Allies some stuff. So, Operation Gunnerside. We love a good operation. I don't know mm-hmm. what Gunnerside means. Sounds cool, though. Sounds like someone's surname. Gunnerside. His side's usually killing people, isn't it? Like you got like suicide, like killing yourself, genocide. Yeah, but his side's spelled S I D E. Yeah. Oh, like side so like it. your side. Like your side. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Gunnerside. So apparently side. Tronstad Leif. He wanted to. He wanted to go to Norway. Wanted mm-hmm. to parachute him with the rest of the boys. I keep sorry. I keep thinking you're saying Tron's dad. No, Tronstad. Okay. No one called Tron. Tron's dad <laughs> took his life. That's what I keep thinking. Say. Wait, was he not allowed then? Well, he was seen as too integral. Oh. The stuff he knew in that noggin of his. Yeah, but he knew how to probably get in there. He all right, shout <laughs> He will have told them, I assume. Why don't you just write down all the important bits and then go? But maybe, exactly. no, but he knows yeah. how to make heavy water. He's, you know. Oh, he's too. He's, oh, he's for the future scientist. of mankind. Exactly. So blah, blah, blah. he was just his job was make the plan, um, and he 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 did basically. He 
as you said, he put down everything, entry points everywhere, how high the stair staircases were, the length of the hallways, everything, the guard patrol schedules, everything. <laughs> so, Demok, as I've mentioned near 100 miles from Oslo, I think I said, mm -hmm. incredibly remote. It's a natural fortress. So, I mentioned is the uh, the drop, yeah. the big drop. I'm imagining like the wall of Game of Thrones. Yep, potentially. I'm gonna, I think I'll read it. So it can be reached by a single lane suspension bridge, um, mm. and is surrounded by an area called the Hardangervida. I've not pronounced that right, but that's a, a mountain plateau where. According to legend, I don't know where I've got this bit from, it grows so cold so fast that it flees, freezes flames in the fire. So it's freezing, essentially. Um, mm. There's also minefields around there. Oh my gosh, it. how are they going to do there's it? There's searchlights, there's high uh, barbed wire fences, and obviously there's the patrol guards running about. So, October, the saboteurs, I think it's 9 or 12. I, there's mixed numbers, but I think about that number. Mm -hmm. How long is it since Leif left? Well, this is 1942, October. Mm -hmm. So, didn't he leave in 1942 as well? I think. I don't know. Um, I don't know if there was a date. Oh, there wasn't a date, but I'm sure I read something else. Oh, what's that? No, it's not America wanting to bomb it. So, in 1940, the Germans invaded and took over. Oh, okay, so it's only been around two years, okay. But apparently, I said that Americans wanted to bomb it in early 1942, yeah. and he was one of the people who was like, don't. So he must have been in, at least in contact in, with yeah, the Allies by it. then. Um, so there's all this things in the way, but the saboteurs parachute in in October into the area, not into there, okay. but I assume into the mountain area. And they're, they're, they're supposedly doing that to collect intelligence, so maybe, I don't know, what they're doing. Just scoping it out, having yeah, a see. Yeah, but what they had to do was they had to survive on their own during winter in oh. these mountains, um, and it was yeah. negative Fahrenheit. Oh my gosh, freezing. I'd go home. Um, yeah, and it's just rock and, and snow. They have little food, so they have to hunt reindeer, uh, and they only could travel on skis. Um, Wait, are they together then? So they're not. Yeah, so I think there's about nine, maybe nine of them. Um, maybe less actually than that. Um, and they just ate like whatever moss and lichen. Is it all lichen? Lichen. Lichen. That they could uh, find in these areas. November, not November, February 19th, 1943. Um, six more Norwegians arrived by parachutes with more supplies, some weapons and explosions that the British had given oh. them. Um, and a man named Wakim. Nope. J O A C H I M. Wackin, 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 No, Wackin, Love. Yeah, Wackin, Ronneberg, uh, or Ronneberg took command of this group, so he's in charge now. Ronneberg, uh, and he's he's got the plan. That's what we're gonna do. I don't know why them kid, poor kids had to go early, like four I months early. I think he was like looking and seeing that. Like, oh, but he, he a up, yeah. Every now and then. Yeah, I suppose that maybe things have changed. There. So. They've, uh, they're all ready, mm -hmm. and uh, there's ten of them apparently. They get on the skis and they, uh, they've got all the stuff. They've got the rifles, they've got the submachine guns, they've got chloroform rags, and obviously the cyanide pills, Lovely. just in case. Um, but apparently these men 
so I know Tronstad knew about it, but it says that these men didn't actually know specific details about what the plant was being used for, but they knew that destroying, they'd been told that destroying it would ruin Hitler, would ruin what um, what they had planned. So February 27th, so like a few days later, because he arrived on the 19th, about, well, 3am of the 28th, mm. 1942, everything's ready, nine of them, led by, he's only 23, Ronberg. Head out. They've got no military experience except for what they learned in England. I'm oh pretty sure I read like they like one of them's like a postman. I'll get to it oh. at the end, but I'm pretty sure. Um, so they have to figure out how to attack it. Like I said, there's there's mm-hmm. mipers all sorts. So they come down. They have three options. First option is come down from the mountains, um, from above the plant. But the problem is all these minefields. Um, they can cross the suspension bridge, just one lane suspension mm-hmm. bridge, but that's guarded. Or they can descend to the bottom of the valley, across a half-frozen river, and climb a 500-foot-high cliff. Oh. I think that's what they're going to do. That's what they're going to do Ooh. in the middle of the night in winter. So they did. So so they had to cross the river. Um, and all they had to go on, apparently, Ronneberg has said, I, I assume since, that they only had an aerial photo. That's what they could see. Oh, my God. Of, like, taken from 4,000 metres high. That that's the only thing that convinced them that we can actually do this. So they looked at this and went, we could probably climb that, I guess. But how can you see a height if it's an aerial photo? Like, I guess at an angle. At an angle. Yeah. Not bird's eye view. Whatever. Um. So, so they cl- yeah they climbed down into this steep ravine, back up the icy cliffs, middle of the night. Um, and the like I said, I mentioned earlier that there's the heavy water basement. That's where. Yeah. That's what they need to go and destroy. Is, it, is that within the within, yeah, it, No, it's within this Vemog. I think it, it's built on the top of this cliff, and like I said, it's right on the edge of this precipice. Yeah. So they're going to climb up the cliffs, infiltrate the plant, okay. go into the basement, and mm. destroy it. Um, so they had a four-man demolition. So nine of them went, and they had a four-man dem- demolition squad who needed to uh, creep in. And they did. So what happened was, using the intel that they got, presumably from Leif and his mates, um, they cre- crept in through a shaft for pipes and cables that le- led directly to their target um, and up the rest of them waited outside um, the guardhouse which was manned by German soldiers uh, and they crouched in the in the shadows waiting in case anything went off for them to take out these soldiers so these four men who were climbing in they were two different teams of two <laughs> so two different teams of two and they all had they both, both groups had a full set of explosives in case the other one got caught or whatever. Um, and they headed into the basement once he climbed through. Uh, and they were told that the door would be un- left unlocked because they, I think they had someone in there. They had like a Norwegian, because the um, Norwegian was still working there, I think. Because then you have to and, use the Yeah, so I, I'm pretty sure they had someone in there who had told them, we'll leave this door unlocked or something like that. But the, um, apparently the person who was undercover for them uh, had gotten ill and they missed oh. work that day oh. so they had to try and find other ways into this door into this room um, why would you miss work on that so day so Ronneberg and his, uh, his partner Frederick Kayser uh, located a little hatch which allowed access to a narrow shaft full of wires and pipes this might be the f- I might be getting confused exactly how they got in mm-hmm. but they squeezed through it um, and they basically had to push their ex- explosives in front of them as they climbed through this shaft 
and they climbed down the ladder and they found all these cylinders um, in the heavy water room uh, and there was a, apparently there was a watchman there and they he just agreed he com- complied with their like mm-hmm. we're gonna bomb this place he was like okay like yeah. do whatever you want to do I don't know whether he was Norwegian or whether he was a German. Oh, because he might, yeah, if he was I Norwegian. I think he might just be Norwegian and be like, yeah, okay, whatever. Um, and Ronberg went over to the heavy water tanks and set his bombs, 18 explosive char- charges. So, at the same time, the, the, the era... The, yeah, so you heard a, a sound of shattering glass from across the room. So I imagine they panicked at this, but they turned around and... The other two were just, they thought the easiest way in through this door is to smash this window <sighs> and climb through. Um, and they set their charges, laid their fuses. Um, so the, the fuses were cut, so it, I think it was basically, it's going to provide a delay of only 30 seconds. So I don't know whether that means it's going to go off in 30 seconds, but surely that won't give them enough time to get out. When they laid the maybe fuses out. Maybe fuse gets lit in 30 seconds after they Yeah, maybe, but... That doesn't seem like a lot of time. But at that time, a civilian... It says a Norwegian civilian wanders mm. in. So maybe that a Norwegian guy working there, yeah, a yeah. scientist mm. or whatever. Uh, and he's he's like, oh, so much going on here. And he agrees. Puts <laughs> his hand up and he agrees to uh, to just let it happen. And yeah, Ronneberg lights the, fu- lights the fuses, counts to ten. And all of them run upstairs as fast as they can. And what they did was to try and stop this being blamed on Norwegian local Norwegian people. They dropped a British gun in there as they were leaving, uh. a British machine gun to make it seem like it was British agents who had gone in and bombed it. Um, and they managed to get away. This is this is where it gets a bit confusing because it, it just says they managed to rejoin the comrades outside, and they all ran off from this. Uh, back down the cliff. No, they're gonna go over the bridge this time. Yeah, but there's still guards well, on it. Well, I'll explain what the guards are looking. <laughs> so they they make them. So whatever they've climbed out of, they've they've yeah. motioned back to the mates. The hop. They've gone back to the, wherever the in the in the place. shadows, and uh, after a few moments, there's a muffled thud because obviously it's in the basement, and you can hear it from around Denmark. Oh. Three thousand pounds of D D two O. That's what it's called. D two O. The uh, mm-hmm. heavy water poured out of these tanks and out of the factory vent uh factory's drains and that was four months worth of production ruined and apparently the the norwegian men put on the skis and slipped away to the safety of the mountains but i don't really know how they got away whether they got down but i think i might have something more Mm. Uh, the uh general i might look onto it in a sec General Falkenhorst, who was the head of German forces in Norway, called it a brilliant coup. So obviously, oh. even though he was in charge of the Germans, he was like, "This was pretty good. Like you've planned well. You've you've taken us out." It does sound. So good. what happened was, I think the people outside. Oh no! Yeah, the people outside when they when they've done the bombs, they've heard this explosion. Apparently, it was so underwhelming they didn't know if it actually worked. They didn't oh, know what okay. because they were like, "Was that it?" Like a little <sighs> and. The Germans didn't figure out straight away that they'd actually exploded. They just they was like, oh, it's just a noise from inside the uh, the factory. Mm-hmm. Um, and by the time they actually realised, then they'd it's just this one that escaped back into the wilderness, and they all made it out alive, alive. 
So Operation Gunnerside didn't demolish all of Hitler's atomic aspiration. That was the idea that destroying this plant would ruin his whole plan. But uh, they did quickly repair the facility and the, the Allies did actually launch more raids on, on the heavy water supply. But that's the most like famous one where they were sort of building up to this idea we're going to build this um, bomb. Yeah. And we've, uh, we've destroyed it. Well, at least it delayed him. Did they ever make one? No. I do have a bit about post uh, Operation Gunnerside, if you want to hear that, about Denmark yeah. afterwards and also about the team, mm-hmm. our little crew. So, like I said, uh, they, re- they repaired it and the Allies just kept going after them then. They decided that the best way is actually to drop bombs on it, which sounds quite oh. bad because. They were, they, yeah, earlier on they were saying we, we're not going to do that because of the civilians but the Nazis suffered heavy heavy raids on the plant one of them on one day in that November 1943 Allied planes dropped over 700 bombs on it oh my so, gosh so that played a big part in the Nazis abandoning it, they decided after a while like, we can't cope with it it's not worth it, it's not worth it. Um, but this is quite this is like a story in itself but I've got like a, a small paragraph on it mm-hmm. but it's pretty interesting so they've got all this research though, so they're like, in a last ditch attempt to gather some intel from this, Nazi scientists loaded their heavy water into a rail car, and um, um, it's guarded this rail car, and it goes on this train journey to Berlin, um, and the, wait, rail car? Oh yeah, and the rail, what's a rail car though? Is it not just like a carriage? I thought it was a train, but oh, I think it might just be a carriage because then it's on. It goes on to a a ferry. It's like one of them petrol tankers, mm. won't it? Yeah, 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 full of water, but yeah. but it's uh they put it on a on a ferry to get across this lake called Tinjal Tinjal, and as the boat's crossing the deepest portion of the lake, there was a bang below decks, and uh, the ferry actually foundered and sank, and that uh, dragged dragged Germany's aspirations of uh, a nuclear bomb right to the bottom and Norwegian (laughs) saboteur uh, this guy's called Nut Hocklad um, the man who had left he was part of the covering team so he was part of the people who stayed behind at Vermont serious he learned of these plans and he smuggled a makeshift time bomb aboard the ferry before the Germans got there but so great but also 14 civilians were killed when the boat sank um but it ended Hitler's nuclear program, so Norwegians did a good job. Bombed, they took out Vemork and then took out the uh, the ferry. Pretty pretty good stuff. And um, a little bit about the team. So we all love Leif, Leif Kronstadt. Yeah. But it's quite sad, like, things he said. So he had a diary, as everyone Aww. did back then. And he wrote, War makes the mind very hard. Becoming a sensitive person again will not be easy. Which is sad. Mm. Um, and apparently all of them sort of suffered. I think this was like general people after the war anyway. Yeah. But um, they were, because they lived underground, they were afraid of like being killed. They were, they were living in isolation and stuff. Um, found it difficult. Some apparently went to the woods, went living in the woods. What, found after the found war? some sol- solace there. Nut Hogland, I think he was the one who I just said bombed. Oh no, it was a different nut. He, uh, he joined the Contiki expedition, lived on a raft and found peace. 
That is very cute. Um, but others others went to drinking and others were just sort of never found sort of the peace they were looking for or the happiness. Um, and it's sort of, yeah, they all sort of suffered on for the rest oh. of their lives. But I think that's a, a big, a big part of... Uh, the, just the effects of war, The effects it? of war. This has been quite a grim one, but yeah, it's been... Yeah, it's PTSD. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, as of... When I was researching this, I don't know if he is still alive now, but apparently w- the only survivor at the moment is Joachim Ronneberg, Ronneberg the mm-hmm. guy who uh, set the charges. And uh, the fact he's not really one for doing interviews or anything, but a little interview I did mm-hmm. find, he said, you have to fight for your freedom and for peace. You have to fight for every day to keep it. It's like a glass bowl. It's easy to break. It's easy to lose. Mm. They're all very, like, philosophers, yeah, aren't they? Very these deep. Norwegians. Um, I reckon he thought of that on the spot or he had it planned? I don't know I think on the spot do you reckon I think I couldn't say that I think these guys did all that like a few words ain't gonna phase him is it no but you must mm, no, yeah, I'm on board um, so the people yeah I told you I said they were just normal guys and uh, it was a, one of them was a teacher one of them was a postman one mm. of them was a tour guide one of them was a factory worker so these are just regular people who just (laughs) just went for it um but they were like i mentioned this was like the big reason why they couldn't build an atomic bomb but apparently there is other reasons not just because of this like there's talk about how there are other reasons um do you reckon they had the technology anyway no well it says these people who say like um the pro- the bomb project, the German bomb project, was like loads of people arguing all the time. It wasn't like any. Oh, it was like a bit no slapdash, yeah. Because yeah. um, maybe if they had the like technology, and it wasn't like that with the time that they do have the heavy water. They might have achieved it. We're speculating, which we love to do yeah. potentially. But yeah, but it was the Americans obviously eventually built an, yeah, an yeah. atomic bomb, um, and apparently they had very different structures. So the Americans was really centralized, really good. Oh, okay. Nazis weren't, and the Americans ended up um, creating that and using it, obviously. Um, so, well, he's done a good thing, Lake Stronstad. Gonna chat a little bit about him after, only mm-hmm. like briefly after Operation Gunnerside. So, he did a big thing for the Allies, and then he mm-hmm. actually went on to uh, do a big thing for Norway. The war wasn't over then, yeah. obviously. Yeah. Um, and he decided, you know what, I'm going to keep trying to save Norway. So, he, um, the, obviously, as the Nazis begin to lose the war, they're pulling out of Norway. And and Tronstad didn't want them ruining Norway as they left, basically. Ruining the infrastructure, ruining the land, all that sort of thing. So, he got his own little... Well, the Allies approved Operation Sunshine which Aww. is his plan um, and their idea was to try and yeah like I say secure critical infrastructure before the Germans could uh, scorch the earth use a scorched earth tactic um, so in late 1944 Trans actually parachuted into the same mountains that the Gunnerside um, Operation Gunnerside people had gone into mm-hmm. and he made it back to his uh, his beloved Norway under presumably secretly therefore yeah um but he'd never see his family again. No. So, March 11th, 1945, Tronstad was interrogating a Nazi sympathiser. 
who uh, was actually sheriff of the area around Venmark. Oh. Which sounds... Oh. Maybe it's because Nazis took over Venmark and then maybe just got yeah, caught. Yeah, might have treated him nice. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, uh, he and his men, yeah, they'd, they'd, they'd lured the sheriff out to a little cabin, Leif and, Trans- Leif and his men, and they'd ambushed the, uh, the sheriff. And then they were like, they questioned him and they were thinking, you know, should we... Should we keep him prisoner or should we should we kill him? And Tronstad made a couple of mistakes. So let him go. What? Mm, well, the first thing was he, he forgot about family. He forgot about the sheriff's brother. Oh. And the sheriff's brother followed them, followed their tracks, and found the cabin. And Tronstad hadn't left anyone in charge to look up, like to as a watch out. Yeah. Um. And that was his second mistake because the brother came into the cabin firing a rifle. Um, a bit of a fight, a bit of a commotion and our boy Tronstad was killed. Was killed. Um, they don't actually, apparently don't know. Some people say it was by, he got shot. Some people say he got hit by the butt of a rifle. And uh, the sheriff and the sheriff's brother survived and hid Tronstad's body in a nearby lake. How did they know where it was? Well, later they were both trying to get convicted for Tronstad's death. Oh, good. How did they get caught? You know what? I have half a story. Well, I have a, a couple half stories there. There's a couple but of it's interesting... One of these, like them things that just get lost in history, don't they? Mm. Like... Go oh, on, give us another so, example. Wait, was Operation Sunshine... Like, so, did they carry on? Yeah, so I think so. I didn't really look into that because it was just... I was looking at Operation Gunnerside and... Yeah, yeah. But then... I just found a few things about like mm-hmm. him. I thought it'd be interesting, but I didn't really look into it then. But it sounded from the words that I read. How did you stop the Germans burning everything on the way out? I don't know. That's yeah. That's tough. But I hope you'd just go along with that. As I was reading, I was like, it sounds nice, but I'm not exactly <laughs> sure what he did. Yeah, yeah. But he had plans, though. He had plans. He was very nice, and he wanted to save Norway. Mm. Um, I'm not sure what it looks like actually. I haven't looked it up, but I'm sure it looks cute. I bet he is. Oh. It's quite short, honestly. That's uh... Yeah, I'm glad he's, um, as far as we know, his family weren't killed. Oh, yeah, because I said that he never sees family again. Yeah, and I That's thought it was his family were killed. Yeah, I, I thought that as well until I reread it. <laughs> <laughs> didn't realise that. Yeah, that's good. But yeah, even, yeah, I'm not glad he died, but... So it was a bit... Uh, I was. So I, by the sounds of it, it didn't didn't sound like he, he saw the end of the war then. No, um, which is a because I think he deserved to. Yeah, he was. Um, how old was he then? What? Hmm. Must have been like forties, maybe. Well, I said, yeah, he was a thirty-eight-year-old Norwegian professor when he was at Denmark. Yeah, if you're parachuting, you're you're not going to be that old, are you? No, it must have been in his forties. Yeah. Uh... Oh, he was cool. He was a cool dude. Yeah, all them saboteurs were just oh, just regular guys. I love that. I, I just want to know how like a postman got recruited. Sounds I like something really from know. a film. It does. Yeah. Apparently, they did make a. It's one of those stories that not has not been like told that often. Um, no, no film of it. There is a film. I think there was a Norwegian film in like nineteen fifties. Mm. Okay. Um, I can't remember what it's called, but. It sounds like you should make like a TV show or a film yeah. about it. Yeah. Sounds, yeah. Sounds just about Leif. Just about Leif and his uh his guys. And his dad. 
And my dad <laughs> What's it called? John's dad. Yeah. I, I think that's how, I'm really sorry. I can't pronounce Norwegian names at the best of time. So I'm not sure I'm any better this week. My John's dad. Heavy water was difficult to explain. I struggled yeah. with that as well. Basically, it helps make a bomb. Um, that's the principle. That's all I need. Yeah. So it's uh, time for the big question. Would you have been able to fly in parachuting? No. No? I couldn't ice. do the parachute. I don't like it. It's ice. a start, isn't it? Mm, I'd be alright at that bit, I think. I'm just not very good at skiing. I can't, I, yeah, my knees have come out. I think it's like um, cross-country skiing as well. Oh, I don't know how to stop. Do you know what I mean? I had to ski into some snow and my ski fell off and landed six foot up a tree. So I'm well, stuck. Matt, you've got the other one that's got a chance. I, uh, <laughs> I've not skied for a, about a decade. I think I'm quite a subtle person. Once, on. once I'm in... <laughs> Into the, oh, okay. Right. I thought you still talking about skiing. <laughs> yeah. I was like, a subtle no, skier. Not a subtle skier. I mean, like, okay. once I'm in, I'm... I'm you're quite you're quiet. Hidden. I can be in the shadows. Mm. You're, bit, you're a bit tall, though. Yeah, you're, I am. We've but, got the yeah. same problem. But it's cold, so you do all right. Like, you're not yeah. going to be sweating because it's too hot. Got my dressing on. Yeah, exactly. You might not have it there, though. Parachute you're eating, in that. You're eating just moss. For a few months. I'm vegetarian, so it's <laughs> and hunting reindeer. Actually, yeah, mm. you that's where Matt would get stuck. Matt's fine getting in and skiing, eating moss. Oh, oh no. <laughs> it's cocoa pops for Matt. <laughs> I'll take my own wheat cells and just <laughs> pour them out every morning. Barbecue sauce all over the moss. <laughs> oh yeah. Alright, you just like that's not like meals for the day. <laughs> I didn't have any sandwiches this morning, no bread. Anyway, um, <laughs> I'm not sure I'd be able to, first of all, get in small spaces, crawling through pipes and oh, whatnot. Yeah. Maybe for my country. Maybe if I'd love Norway that much. But, um, no, I know what you. you oh, oh, I know what you're you to good at. Me. <laughs> do you know Come what on. you won't be able to do? Sleep outside. Oh, oh it'd be horrible. You two just been camping, <laughs> needing an airbed, pillows, and a duvet. So that was not my choice. And then, like, that's how you do camping you, these you, days. You need like your eye mask, your ear. I'm taking that. Your taking my eye mask. Yeah, but what if someone no, finds you in the night? Cold. You wouldn't have a clue. I would be cold. Everyone would be yeah, cold. Yeah, but you can't but sleep I'd get when on you're with cold. It. I'd get on. No, I can't. But I would. You can't sleep if it's light. <laughs> yeah. Oh, dark. You're just not cut out for this. You can't be well, a saboteur. Sorry, I didn't realise you two were <laughs> specially trained operatives. Oh, Orla's got the best chance now, thank you. Thank you. Mm. I'll learn to ski. She's learn always very bright, as in, like, we're not very good. If Orla's we're tired, a morning person. Oh, exactly. <laughs> she's up, she's ready like, to sabotage. for everyone for breakfast. <laughs> Here we go. Only, toast. only 60 more days till we turn up with all the food. <laughs> yeah, you'd be too happy. That's you're good. great on them all. No. You'd hate you. No. If us three all went in, yeah. You'd hate me. We'd get grumpy. We'd already be grumpy. We'd start blaming you for being too happy. <laughs> Stop bringing me like you. Yeah. <laughs> um, what you would what you would find is I think Lorna's tactic wouldn't be climb a cliff. I feel like it would just mm. be walk up to the gate with like a moss cake. Yeah. <laughs> no, I'm the one who said they should go up the cliff anyway, but that's what I'm not good at climbing. You're mm. a bit clumsy. Absailing. I am very clumsy. Absailing back down it. I'm too shaky that's once I get a bit high. Mm. Like, right, a bit of a height, I'm just a wobbler. Mm. We're all and none of us are good with heights. <laughs> 
We'll be going across the bridge, but that's patrolled by a guard. Yeah, I'm going to talk my way in as well. That's Hang not going to yeah. happen. I'm sorry. You're not being understood. No. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, well, but, yeah. any foreign country. Yeah. Yeah. Like, not even any struggle. foreign country. It's just anywhere. A People Canadian yeah. struggle. So I'm sorry if everybody doesn't <laughs> understand me on this. <laughs> what was the other way in? Um, they're going down the cliffs of the mines. No, it's parachuting and oh, landing yeah. on the minefield. Yeah, minefield's dangerous. I reckon, though, <laughs> got a good shout. Okay. We get a pile of moss, throw it on the minefield, see where it hits. Yeah, but we don't, don't you think they're going to come running? <laughs> what, loads of, like, loads of bombs start going off. They're going to be like, someone's there. And also, why is it covered in moss? <laughs> I've got it. We've mossed both sides. Like, we moss... moss. moss so we throw moss onto moss both sides. <laughs> She's been collecting for like four months. Onto both sides. Both sides Wait, of what? What are you truth. talking about? Because I thought if we on both sides of the the what's it called? No, <laughs> on the building. Oh, Vermont. Yeah. So I thought. Yeah, but the other side, I assume, is like a town. It's on a precipice. Oh, so it's on that one They're on like a side. mountain plateau, and then it goes down and up. Oh, because in my head like it had three ramp. sides. <laughs> Um, it don't matter anyway because I was like if we throw moss on both sides then they'll all run to one side and we can land on the other but I've just realised that if they're going off on both sides they're going to go both sides yeah. so Your we're going plan. off the cliff <laughs> Your moss plan's moss. falling apart <laughs> I don't think moss was the answer no <laughs> they didn't use moss um, I also thought when we get in I'm re- as a younger boy we used to play hide and seek in, in this very mm. household and I uh was very bad. I used to hide under the stairs. We had like a little cupboard under the stairs. Every time. Well, not every time. Oh, not right. that predictable. <laughs> but I can't. Wherever I'm hiding, I can't help but laugh. <laughs> and I feel like I laugh in awkward situations, and I feel like I might start giggling. Yeah, it's probably not good. probably not wise. I, do you know what I used to not like when you were that good at hide and seek that you'd come out and then somebody would find you and you'd be like I found you you'd be like no I weren't hid there <laughs> you was like I was waiting for so long yeah so that would be me I'd just be sat in a Norwegian heavy water plant yep and then all but you don't sudden, want them to find you yeah I know but then I'd you'd be getting bored you'd get bored you'd get bored you're busy it's not about having fun <laughs> you're destroying stuff yeah but okay. it'd be just like you're in, you're in the pipe seek. work you're in I, the pipe work and you realise that they've got another two hours on your spare ship, spare watch. Oh, okay. And you're like, oh, yeah, we got to wait. Move, like, what would you do? You Actually, I'm one of them because once I'm in a position, and then I think right, I'm stuck in this position for a bit. I'm like, I mm. need to move. You'd have to take a crossword. You take travel trivial pursuits. Oh, oh there yes. you go. With uh, them adult questions, <laughs> you have kids ones, but they're too easy. Yeah. But adult ones are a little bit too hard sometimes. But you, but you don't actually win the piece of the pie. Yeah, we played this the other day. No pie. You just get the cards, yeah. keep the cards. Oh really? Yeah, it's yeah. not. It's good. I enjoyed it. Yeah, it was good. But um, I think also, I wouldn't find a way in. I don't think I'm. I'm that. I don't think I've got the eye. I think I'm going through the window with oh, those you're kids. Oh, boisterous one. I'm think I'm. I'm giving. Mm. I'm getting. I'm panicking, and I'm going through the window. You're on edge. You're looking round yeah. over your shoulder. Actually, I don't think the window was a bad shout. It seemed like no one came running. One guy wandered in. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So like, why is that window they broken? They probably all watching telly in the hut. Yeah. All the I wonder what they were watching. Mm. Norway's Got Talent. <laughs> oh. Back in the day. Norway's Biggest Loser. <laughs> Great one. I'm a Norwegian, get me out of here. <laughs> oh, classics. So, yeah, answered the big question. 
Mm-hmm. That's, I've decided that's the thing we're going to do. What? The big question. Oh, okay. How would you have coped? With whatever with that, situation. Or whatever. Whatever, whatever. Would that have worked with every, every single one? Yeah, every because we ask, we ask big questions. We, we ask do it. Eric Luddacks. What? Who would you take yeah. to... Yeah. Montgomery bus boycott. What would what you do? Bad, not, what bad bus situations have you been in? <laughs> okay. Louis the 14th. What would you? Where would we have been in the Palace of Versailles? Yeah. We were we were just random yeah. people who would watch Louis there. get up in the morning. Do you remember it was a long time ago. It was a while ago. And then we asked, "What would you have done in Operation Tiger?" And you were on a pedalo. You were on a pedalo. Mm-hmm. I listened to that one today. Did you? I like purposely realise that we're doing big questions? I've no, just decided just when I went, we're going to ask the big questions. Okay. So that that from now on, we'll come at the yeah. end of every podcast. We'll go the big question. I'm going to record a uh, no, I'm not a little a little tune. The big, big question, question. <laughs> today's. Big question. Do, 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 do. So I'll cut that out and, uh, <laughs> and use that every week. Okay. Brill. So now that's done, that's one report down. Brilliant. That's how we finish. This is how we always do it. Okay. Um, <laughs> what have we got? We've got the Twitters. Oh. The Twitters. Um, at Yeah, just message us. If, if you're Norwegian and you loved uh, Leif Transfer as much as we did and you want to share that love, Tweet us or yeah. just just uh, follow us and you know let us know on uh, at idiot history pod on Twitter or you can send us an email at idiot history pod at gmail.com on the email obviously just have a chat if you have any just if you want to chat you know mm-hmm. just send us We're a pretty question. friendly <laughs> you, <laughs> I feel like I'm the only one who goes on the on the email whenever we want to chat. Have you, have, you, have you been on it? I've been on it, yeah. yeah. iTunes messaged me sometimes. Um, <laughs> uh, what else have we got? That's everything, isn't it? Yep, that is everything. Wonderful. Right, um, go on. What number was this? This was number... Sorry to put you seven. on the spot. Seven? Seven, yeah, because you started... Eight. Eight. Yeah, yeah number eight, because last week was... Uh, Something about tortillas. Tortillas. I can't remember. Tortillas. Tortillas, yes. So, we, uh, we'll we see you next week. Speak to you next week. Have a good listen to us next Wednesday. Wednesday. Wednesday early morning, 7 o'clock. Put it on on your drive to work. <laughs> listen to us on your drive to work. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, I did like a radio voice then. (laughs) Anyway, bye! Bye bye! Bye bye bye.